The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 And head on over to puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. It's got our YouTube page up there. Everybody keep checking out the YouTube page. About 120 subscribers away from Aaron and I giving away a round of golf with our 1,000th subscriber. You will be able to pick if you want to play one of our courses. It's on us. We're going to have a blast. If you're already subscribed, unsubscribe, and then resubscribe, you know the drill. Number 1,000, I get the emails. I will send you a message, and you will get on the golf course with Aaron Murray and I for our 1,000th subscriber on YouTube. Pretty awesome. Head on over to puntandpass.com. It's got our picks up there. It's got our blog, our merch, which I'm trying to get re-upped. The supply chain is killing me. I'm hoping to allow you guys to get some swag for the holidays. Puntandpass.com. Check us out over there. This episode, I need some swag, Drew. I need some. I need some golf. I'm swag. waiting. I'm waiting it's for it. Be back. I'm waiting for it to get for shipped in. It's insane. I know. I need some new hats. Uh, I've been working on some possible gear as well, some apparel. So I'll keep you updated. Punt and pass. Dot com. You'll be first in line, Aaron, obviously. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented by our awesome new partners over at Solomon Brothers Jewelers. That's right. Solomon Brothers Jewelers has been family-owned and operated since 1982. That's over 35 years, and they have the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. Solomon Brothers is for anyone with any budget, big or small. I saw a couple of friends of mine's. Head on over to Solomon Brothers over the past week. Get some awesome engagement rings, some anniversary gifts as well. The holidays are coming up. It is the best time to get your significant other an amazing piece of jewelry. You have to head on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. They have two stores, one in Alpharetta, one in Buckhead. The lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed. If you mention Punt and Pass or just mention Drew and Aaron, you get 10% off your jewelry purchase. That's right. How awesome is that? Mention Punt and Pass at Solomon Brothers Jewelers at Alpharetta or Buckhead. Or just say Aaron and Drew. You get 10% off your jewelry purchase at Solomon Brothers on Instagram, SolomonBrothers.com. Aaron, week 11 in the books. Crazy that we have two more weeks of the regular season. That's it left of the 2021 college football season. It was pretty 
pretty action-packed weekend. I mean, conferences are getting pretty shaped up for conference championship weekend, which is coming up here in just a couple of weeks. Top thoughts? I know you and I want to dive into some of these coaching rumors that the carousel is getting set to start going round and round. Big upset in the Big 12 with Oklahoma going down. Cincinnati kind of still looking pedestrian. Georgia taking care of business in a big way. We can go a lot of different directions where you want to start. Coaches, I mean, the, the, the year of craziness yeah. when it comes to coaches, I just don't like this new trend, honestly, where you're, 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 we're seeing all over the country guys being let go but then asked to stay for the rest of the season. Yeah. And I, I guess it's because they want to make sure recruits know who the next head coach is going to be, especially with the early recruiting day uh, or signing day, excuse me. So maybe that's the main reasoning of, hey, listen, just letting you know, this yeah. guy is not going to be your coach. We're looking for someone different. And it's most likely going to happen as soon as the season is over with, as people start to, to take some of these interviews. So I guess to me, that's the best excuse, but it's just weird. And honestly, it's just, it's just weird to see every single week coach O go out there and coach the <laughs> I Tigers. Yeah, I know it's crazy. And knowing that his, his career there for the Tigers is going to be done in, in, in just a few weeks. So very bizarre, this whole coaching world right now. And, you know, I hate when everyone says, Oh, they get paid millions of dollars. So stop bitching and moaning. They're fine. Yes, they are. But still, it's a lot of sacrifice these coaches make. We've talked about it before. Yeah. They are hours and hours of film preparation, recruiting on the road, sacrificing time with their family. I mean, Kirby said a few weeks ago, listen, I, I it, on, a, on a weekend when I want to go spend time with my my, my family, no, I want to go to a pony, play some golf. No, sir. Oh, no, 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 no. I got a five-star recruit. Yeah. I got to go take – out to dinner in yeah. Athens, you got to show them around the facility. So there, there is a lot of sacrifice from these coaches. So this, this, this world is beyond me right now. Um, and this is why I'm doing podcasts with you and not coaching. Yeah. I do think that's a good point to make. Like I get that question a lot, probably not as much as when I had just finished playing a couple years ago, people usually would always say, and Aaron, I'm sure you get it all the time. Like, why aren't you coaching? Wouldn't you love to coach? You'd be a great coach. And it's like, guys, We've been around coaches our entire life. We mm -hmm. see the stress that they go through every single day. We understand the sacrifices that they make, the sacrifices that their families have to make every single day. And it's like, I don't know if I want that. You know what I mean? Like, you love mm -hmm. the coaches that you have. They pour so much into you. You always stay so close to them. You're so thankful and grateful for them. But a lot of that comes from understanding the sacrifice that they make inside their own homes and you develop a great relationship with them. That is great for some people, one of them being Christian Robinson, a close friend of both of us, our former teammate, your former roommate, who's now the acting defensive coordinator at the University of Florida. We'll get into that in a little bit, but that is a path that he has chosen to take. Others, hey, not for me. Not for me. I don't think it's for you. The sacrifice that these coaches have to go through, really, 53 weeks a year, 52 weeks a year, 365 mm -hmm. days, a year. It's unbelievable, especially at the college level. When you're talking about recruiting, when you're talking about the insane demand to be perfect week in and week out from the moment you start the job, it's just a really tough gig. And to that point, Aaron, the coaching carousel is filling up already, and we still have a couple weeks left in the regular season. Last night, University of Washington fired their head coach, Jimmy Lake, so that's another opening in the Pac-12. USC open. Clay Helton got fired after the first couple of weeks. LSU going to be open. Coach O still coaching. Don't know why. TCU, Gary Patterson, 20-plus year coach at that school. 
He got fired. They said, hey, go ahead and hang on for the rest of the year. He goes, yeah, right. Forget you guys. Florida? I mean, could Dan Mullen be on the way out? I don't know. The carousel certainly not over, Aaron, but there are a lot of high-profile jobs out there right now. You got to start looking at some of the coaching staffs who, one, are going to get picked from and then open up new opportunities. But this thing could trickle down big time. And when you look at a team like the University of Georgia with a lot of young coaches, you're thinking that they might be in the crosshairs for some of these openings. Yeah, and listen, I think Kirby's getting to the point now, very similar to what Nick Saban has to do every single year, where you're the best. Your guys are tremendous when it comes to recruiting. Obviously, the play on the field speaks for itself, both sides of the football. Um, so, yeah, I would worry with with Kirby losing guys to possibly getting chances to be head coaches throughout college football. And, then, and listen, you have to take pride in that. You have to sell yourself that, listen, we are doing so well on the recruiting trail, on the football field. We're kicking ass that people want to they want some of the magic sauce they're yeah. like kirby what you doing yeah of course we need some of the sauce let's go so we're going to pick out one of your coaches and try to see if we can uh, recreate that at whatever university i mean we've seen this i mean look at the 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 coaches just in the nfl you know i was with andy reed obviously doug peterson leaves becomes a head coach matt Nagy becomes the head coach of the bears yep. um eb eric Bieniemy most likely is going to be a head coach here soon as well whether it's in the nfl or in the college ranks so all these trees and they just figure out a way to, you know, one develop someone else. And as we all know that Alabama and Georgia both have a ton of coaches on the staff. So if they feel comfortable with someone there, a young guy, young hotshot, bring them up, especially if it's on the defensive side, because you know, Kirby and you know, Nick Saban kind of have their hands in the pot, but I think it's an honor. It really is. I mean, it makes things a little bit more difficult, but as long as the head coach is stable, and, and, and as we know, Kirby's not going anywhere. Saban's yeah. not going anywhere. Saban's proven it really doesn't affect much. And, 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 and you know, I kind of actually, we were interviewing Saban about a month ago during their bye week, and I asked him just the relationship uh, between the quarterback and OC this year. And he said, listen, I make my coordinators come in and learn our system. So these players aren't learning a new system. They have to learn it and then be able to teach the players and get ready for the season. Yeah. Yeah, if you put the process in place, just like Alabama has, Saban has proven, hey, I'm going to lose a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator, top talent year after year. It's just rinse and repeat at that point. Kirby Smart obviously trying to do the exact same thing at Georgia to create that kind of running well-oiled machine mm -hmm. to where the outside influences, regardless, it's just what happens with a successful program is not going to negatively impact what you were able to do on the field year after year. So simply put, it'll be really interesting to see what happens because like, I'm thinking this, Aaron, Jimbo Fisher. I mean, I know that's a crazy name, but Jimbo Fisher over the weekend, a lot of rumors talking about LSU trying to get into Jimbo's year. If that even were to happen now, Texas A&M opens up who goes to Texas A&M. What about Lane Kiffin? What about Dave Aranda? You know, the trickle effect of these high-profile jobs could have an absolute mudslide, mudslide of happenings in the coaching world. It's going to be really interesting. And then if, like, Florida were to get in a mix, but you have to think, the University of Florida, their athletic director has to be sitting there going, can't do it right now. Can't mm -hmm. do it. There's way too many things happening in the world of coaching carousel, in the world of college football. Let's just sit tight. I'm sure a lot of George fans would want that to happen, but 
you know, Florida this weekend. Letting I just, fit. I just don't, I don't know who they're going to get that's out there right now. It's better than Dan Mullen. That's the point. You know, that's the I point. Mean, like, let's just sit tight for irrational. right now. Like, if it does, if it, you know, this is the the issue with, especially with social media. You yeah. know, you get all these fans get on there chirping. The athletic director and other people in the facility, you know, pull up Twitter and they look and see all the bashing and, you know, all the articles out about fire Dan Mullen, fire Dan Mullen. Look at our record in the SEC. Look at our record against top 25 teams. It's not good enough. Blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, they have lost like eight of their last 10 games. I don't don't know. That's the whole. That's what I just said. I think you got to sit tight. I think you have to sit tight at the moment. They did just give up 52 points to Samford, hey, and they scored 70. Those, so it looks like a basketball score. Watch the game, and I was like, you know, I watch every single SEC game on the weekends, and it either watch it live Saturday or like my flight this morning. I had a two and a half hour flight. I download the coaches' copies, and I just grind through the film at the airport, and then on the on the way back to Atlanta. And you know, this is one where I look at it before the week. I was like, okay. Florida Sanford, you know, I'm not going to watch it live. I'll watch the coach's tape. I'll buzz through it real quick. It's going to be, you know, 15, 20 minutes just because I know this is going to be a blowout. Then I saw the score. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to spend a little more, more time on this film yeah. and really see exactly yeah. what the hell went wrong, especially with Florida defensively. Obviously, Florida on the offensive side of the football, Emory, his best game he's had, they needed it because, I mean, if he didn't show up, how embarrassing would that have been? I mean, that would have been awful. But that Welch kid, maybe – the new top quarterback transfer in the game. He, he needs to go in the portal right now. Right he needs now. To put his name in the portal right now and say, go watch the film. I went to the swamp, three touchdowns. I mean, he was dropping some absolute dimes out there. And also two yard, two touchdowns rushing. I mean, dimes yeah. over yeah. and over. And, 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 and listen, Florida was soft. They couldn't tackle. It was pretty bad on that side of the football, but he was putting in the spots where only his guys can make plays. Ton of drops too from his receivers. All I'm saying, Liam Welch, someone give him the podcast. I'm telling you, brother, get in the transfer portal. There you I think go. after that performance, someone in, 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 I think a power five school out there could use you. Absolutely. I'm sure he will. And I'm sure there's people telling him that exact same thing where he's sitting there going, I'm getting out of Birmingham and I'm headed to a big power five school to make an impact. That's the new age of college football. I'm a big fan of it. It's good to see guys like that make an impact against a high-profile team and then immediately have a ton of value in the portal, so I'm sure he will do that. An insane game. I mean, good thing Florida won, I guess. They celebrate big in the locker room afterwards. Again, going back to social media, people are like, how could you celebrate like that after a win? And I thought, I forget who it was. It might have been a defensive player, uh, Jean DeLance, Gene DeLance. He said, hey, look. Wins a wins a win. We're going to celebrate it every single way that we can. They had a tough week. Obviously, had to fire a couple coaches. Yeah, they had to grind it out, and they're going to celebrate. So you know what? I think we probably did the same thing when we were in school. You got to celebrate when you, you have well, the opportunity. Dan Mullen pulled the pulled the Ted Lasso in the interview afterwards. <laughs> yeah, he pulled that. a few Ted Lasso quotes, uh, calling someone. You know, uh, was it is it Krim? Yeah, Trent Krim. Yeah, Trent Krim. You, so tell you, me you that. Don't yeah. disrespect. Don't disrespect. <laughs> they win like that. I I love Ted Lasso. I'm a Ted Lasso fan. Jackie and I watched binge watched both seasons. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Amazing TV show. The fact that Dan Mullen um, referenced it, it, you know, again in the age of social media, you're going to get killed on one side and you're going to get praised on the other. 
these coaches do have a life. I, I'll give them that. But to say that and to reference that you have watched an Apple TV Plus show and obviously have understood it well enough, I mean, he could be watching it on a plane ride to an away game. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm listen, not saying think, it one way I or another. Most coaches have watched it, and listen, I, I agree too. I who wrote this article? I think it might have been in the Athletic. Someone wrote an article about how now athletic directors are looking for those traits from oh, coaches. Nice. The Ted like Lasso. That. There yeah. is a Ted Lasso effect. Yeah. Going on right now, and one of the guys is is Beamer at South Carolina. Yep. I mean, the guy has never been an OCDC, never been a head coach, gets hired to be the head coach of an SEC program. I know maybe not one of the premier programs, but still an SEC program. Yeah. And doesn't really have the the resume for it, and and a lot has to do with his personality. It's the Ted Lasso effect. I I agree with that. Okay, look, I totally agree with the fact that if you surround yourself with good people and you have the right mindset, mindset is such a big thing in sports. I'm just telling you right now, you and I have been in locker rooms. We've been when it's shitty and it's down and you're losing games and you can't get out of your own way. And then you've been in locker rooms when you're sort of in a flow state where it's like you're so loose, you're having fun, you're paying attention to the details, and then you go out on game day and you just execute. And that's where you start to see a ton of the success. Now, with the Ted Lasso reference, you know, bringing somebody without that experience but with the good traits and the good leadership skills to get people to respond to you in the right way, I find that kind of fascinating. So we'll continue to see if that does happen. You got plenty of opportunity. We just mm-hmm. talked about the coaching carousel to see if somebody makes an outside the box hire like that. Uh, if they do, and in the press conference, the introductory press conference, they reference Ted Lasso, I'll be an immediate fan. I will be an immediate fan. There is no doubt about that. You know what else I'm an immediate fan of? Solomon Brothers Fine Jewelers. Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Aaron and I went into the Buckhead store. 17th floor tower place in Buckhead. And we had an amazing time. We brought our wives, Sharon and Aaron. You mentioned it on last week's podcast. Sharon had checked out the website, SolomonBrothers.com. She knew exactly what she wanted. She walked in there, got completely decked out, full bar, amazing views. Jackie, my wife, she didn't know what she wanted, and they took care of her in the best way possible. That's probably the best thing about Solomon Brothers. You don't even have to have a plan. You can go in there. It's for anyone with any budget. The lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds, guaranteed. They've got custom jewelry design, lifetime diamond upgrades. Again, the beautiful stores, amazing service at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. Check out SolomonBrothers.com as well, like Sharon did yeah, before go, she Sh- Sharon, Sharon was ready to go. She was on <laughs> Solomon Brothers. You know, hopefully none of her coworkers are listening to this, but she's working from home. Oh, yeah. Her little lunch break, she pulls it up. She's yeah. already doing her research. She's taking pictures. She's typing things down on her phone. She was ready to go. So well-prepared, but like I said last week, man, she was she had a plan. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be flexible, you gotta Drew. Be you flexible. gotta learn when to adjust. You walk into the store, you get a glass of champagne. You're like, oh my goodness, let's take a lap. You get the views. You're feeling good, and all of a sudden, plans go to crap. And uh, damn it, Aaron, can I have everything? <laughs> no. Yeah, they they've got the perfect situation for those uh, for those typical happenings when you're inside Solomon Brothers. Make your budget go further. When you mention Putt and Pass, you get 10% off your jewelry purchase at Solomon Brothers on Instagram, solomonbrothers.com. All right, let's break down these games from this past weekend. 
Uh, we both went three and two against the spread. I went zero and two on my locks. I don't even know what to do. I'm three and ten for my locks this season. We, we didn't do three. We didn't do three picks. This I don't week? know. I, I have no idea. I Should mean, I crowdsource? I, I might crowdsource my locks. I'll put up a poll on Instagram. People can pick it for me. It's so bad. It's embarrassing. Uh, but overall, I'm thirty and twenty five against the spread. That's respectable. I'm three and ten on my locks. That is not respectable at all. You can make fun of me openly, Aaron. You went three and two last week. You're thirty one and twenty six against the spread. You went one on one on your locks. You're six and seven on your locks. You're doing better than I am. So I'll give you the credit. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Let's start with this Georgia game. Georgia dismantles Tennessee 41 to 17. I just saw online Channing Tindall, Walter Camp, defensive player mm-hmm. of the week. That's a national award. That guy was shot out of a cannon all game long. Tennessee got off to a quick start. You knew Josh Heupel was going to scheme up that first 15 and have those boys ready to play. There's a certain energy on Rocky Top. I think it's great for college football. I'll just say this right off the bat. Not a fan of the black trim on the Tennessee helmets. I don't mind the black jerseys. Are you good with the jerseys, though? I don't mind the jerseys, okay? The black trim on the helmets was cheesy. I'm like, what is going on? The black face mask, the black trim on the top line, the black trim on the power tee. That ain't Tennessee, okay? The black jerseys are cool. Do it. Leave the helmet the same. I was sort of upset as well because I just think Georgia-Tennessee, especially in Knoxville, is a great jersey game. You know, when they wear their oranges and it clashes against the red and black, I think it's a great jersey game. I would love to see Georgia wear those throwbacks with the red pants with Tennessee wearing the orange jerseys. That would be great. But before we get into the game, the black trim on the Tennessee helmets, get it out of here. I didn't like it one bit. I thought it looked cheesy. I just didn't like it. See, I'm fine with it. I had actually had my neighbor. She texted me, God, what the hell is Tennessee wearing? It's ugly. It's blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, I think it's sweet. I loved it. They, they pulled it out, what, about a month ago. Yeah, against South I Carolina. I loved the black uniforms. I honestly, I did not take a look at the helmets as closely as you did. Yeah. Um, I am not the, the fashion expert that Drew Butler <laughs> is now, uh, now adding to his resume. Yes. So I will go back, take a look at the helmets, let you know what I think. But overall, I do like the uniforms. 
to the football game. I think it was great, man. I think, honestly, it was great for Georgia to get punched in the mouth right away. Yeah. And I just want to see how they responded. I mean, could, could they come back and respond immediately? Not take a couple drives to kind of cool it down. The, the, the atmosphere was tremendous. We know that, that Tennessee was going to come out with their, their, you know, their hair on fire. They calmed down. Stetson drove him right down the field. Yeah. Uh, James Cook was was just beautiful the entire football. I'm just absolutely beautiful running the football. You put him one on one on the outside. Uh, how do you not check the zone coverage? I mean, what do you think they're going to do? You put a linebacker on a man coverage, they're going to throw the go ball. Yeah. They've seen it over and over on film. Do your film study. Check out a man coverage if James Cook goes to the field or boundary and it gets manned up against a linebacker. Really dumb call by Tennessee, but great play by him. But like going back to the responding, they responded right away. They go t- down 10 to seven. They respond once again. And then, you know, once they got down what Tennessee was doing offensively, those dudes were eating oh. on that side of the I football. Mean, yeah, uh, exactly. you, you can't be one dimensional, whether it's running or throwing Tennessee, only 55 yards rushing in the game. You know, they threw for 332, which is, you know, congratulations to you. But you got to be balanced. If you want to beat a defense like Georgia and you want to score more than 17 points, you want to get in the 20s, maybe flirt with the 30s, make an interesting game, you got to have balance. And right now, I don't know if there's a team out there that has balance. Oh, Alabama doesn't have balance. No. They're throwing the ball well. They, they say the issue is running the football, that offensive line. You know, Ohio State, a little bit, they're still very much pass heavy. Um, I'm trying to think who else they're going to play this year. Michigan really is a little bit of balance this week with McNamara. I'm just saying there's no one out there that can, that can do both. And I think when you face an elite defense, if you come out there with just being able to do one, they're they're, going to figure you out real quick in the first half and then good luck in the second. Yeah. I thought Georgia's in-game adjustments were really good. I, I think, I think most people expected Tennessee to come out firing. And they did, and and Josh Heupel schemed up a great opening offensive drive, kind of had Georgia back on their heels, something that you hadn't seen. Hendon Hooker was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He was scrambling, getting away from that front four pressure to allow some receivers to open up. They moved right down the field, scored a touchdown. You're like, wow, props to them. Georgia then adjusted and was able to take away the ability of Hendon Hooker to make those plays and just suffocated that offense. James Cook, on the other hand, what a breakout game for him. Fantastic. 10 mm-hmm. carries, 104 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, adding three catches for 43 yards and another touchdown. And Aaron, I was watching the game and I texted Clint Bowling. Clint Bowling was my college roommate, Georgia Bulldog, great eight year NFL vet with the Cincinnati Bengals and offensive guard. And I said, Clint, it looks like the offensive line has more confidence when James Cook is in the game. What do you think? And he said, I wouldn't say it's more so the confidence. He said it was more so the play calling. He was like, they're calling off-tackle runs, getting James Cook yep. onto the perimeter, and those guys were able to get space, sort of like some more zone-blocking scheme techniques up front that would allow James Cook to then break open those big runs. Zamir is more inside the tackles. If they do toss his sweep to Zamir, he puts his foot in the ground and tries to get north and south. I thought that was a really good observation from Clint Bowling saying it was the play calling on the run plays when James Cook was in the game to kind of spread out that Tennessee defense and allow James's style to really take over. And that's when he was able to, hell, have 10.4 yards per carry and two touchdowns. So He just has more speed. He has yeah. more speed. I mean, you got the bruisers. Obviously, Zamir is the bruising back. James Cook is a guy that you can get him off tackle, 
get him a sweep. Obviously, we've seen his ability to catch the football in the backfield. Just a more complete bat. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think he's more, more dynamic. You can do more with him. Absolutely. I think when Zamir gets in the game, and and I, I think the defense kind of says, okay, if they're gonna run the football, these are the runs they're gonna do. Yeah. It's it's just it's just more limited what he does well. Not saying he's not a great back or a good back. I'm just saying that it, for a defensive mindset too, you have to worry about all right, James Cook's in the backfield. They can split him out. He can go to the slot. He can go out to the X. He can go to the Z. He can run routes. He can run off tackle. He can run inside. There's just a lot more variables, a lot more communication that has to go on for the defense compared to when Zamir's in there. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Um, let's talk about Stetson Bennett. If you're on social media at all during a Georgia football game, I mean, it's fascinating. It is fascinating because – Stetson Bennett is playing at a very high level right now, but if he is not perfect and if he is not chucking the ball 50 yards downfield on a dime, people aren't going to be happy. Georgia fans in a particular sect are not going to be happy. Simply put, he is playing elite football right now. Georgia is 10-0 for the first time since 1982. They just finished up a perfect season in the SEC, finishing 8-0 in the conference. They wrapped up the SEC East before the month of November. And get this. I saw this today, Aaron. You were talking about that potential transfer portal kit from Samford. Stetson and JT each still have a year of eligibility left. They could each be back at Georgia next year. I would not expect that to be the case, but that's how much experience Georgia has in that quarterback room right now. Stetson's just taking care of business. His ability to extend the play, to move the chains with his legs, is oh, the feet. It's the, huge. The, the, the running ability. I mean, the touchdown was, it was, it was, it, looked it, like you. so much fun to watch. Looked like, like you. Got, yeah, definitely did not look like. I listen. I had one really good run at that. You could move scene. around. You could move around. I mean, I split two linebackers and took it to about the four yard line. Just did not have enough umph to get it in the end zone. But Stetson is just. He, people are just trying to find any little thing. You know, I know. like when he, when he, he overthrew Brock. Uh, you know, Bowers had the opportunity to have a big touchdown. Ball was a little bit overthrown to the outside. Ended up being an incompletion. Incredible catch by Bowers. Just was able to kind of get control and get the foot in. Be like, oh my God, you know, he if he would have let him, JT would have let him. That would have been a big touchdown. Stop playing the what if game. He is balling out right now. He is running it. He's he, he's he's the legs are yeah. such a nightmare for yeah. defenses. Enough's enough already. Just sit back and be a fan of this kid and enjoy the offense as they continue to get better each and every week. It's kind of my message. And I had a bunch of fans last week because I think I said it. I've said it a couple times, and I think I might have said it on on my serious show as well. That if if Georgia goes on to win the national, yes, yes, this got picked up. going to be the greatest quarterback in Georgia history. And I had so many people hit me up like, "Are you on drugs? Are you drinking? (laughs) You just hate JT that much?" I'm like, "Listen, quarterbacks are judged off winning championships, and right now, if he wins an SEC championship and he wins a national championship, he is an elite." elite company yes when it comes to georgia quarterbacks because there's only been one other one to do it i know yeah, so, i mean you're 100 correct i'm sorry i think they meant like talent wise this isn't a this, i'm not saying stetson bennett is the most talented quarterback that georgia always has we all know that's not the case i mean it's probably you know most likely stafford the dude's a freak of nature with his arm yeah but there's obviously been more talented quarterbacks than stetson I'm saying that's not the greatest quarterback in Georgia history. Yeah. Two very different conversations. No, you're you're 100% correct. It's going to be a fascinating finish of the season. Georgia beats Tennessee 41-17 to in Knoxville. 
They got Charleston Southern at home this weekend, and then they're welcoming in Georgia Tech. You'd expect them to finish up the season 12-0, and and then still waiting to see who is going to win the SEC West. SEC West, Darren, let's talk about that. Sources reporting that Bo Nix broke his ankle this past weekend. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but sources close to the Knicks family and the J-Boy shows also reporting it is that Bo Nix broke his ankle. He'll be out for the rest of the season. Auburn plays South Carolina next weekend. Expect TJ Finley to start. And then, of course, they're going to host Alabama in the Iron Bowl. So that kind of takes the sales out of Auburn's hopes mm. to make it to the SEC championship. That, of course, well, that ship sailed after they lost to Mississippi State. 43-34 to this past weekend. Aaron, they jumped out to a 28-3 to lead, I believe it was. And then Mississippi State scored 35 unanswered points. Tough look for Brian Harson. Kind of really feel bad for that situation. I was watching the game. I had the first half under 26. Auburn scored 28 points in the first half by themselves. So that was a loser. But how do you let that go? To their credit, Mississippi State, Will Rogers, Mike Leach, they're playing pretty good football right now. They're playing really good football. I mean, holy smokes. Will Rogers, six touchdowns. He was like what was the stat in the second half, like 24 or 25 at one point, or maybe he finished the second half off going 24 or 25. Like that is almost impossible to do in a scout team scenario on a Thursday practice walkthrough. You know, he was, but he's been like that all year. I mean, to me, if you want to rank the top quarterbacks in the sec this year, he has to be your number three guy um, based on his performance. If you have to get out first team, second team, third team, all sec, you know, Bryce Young one, Matt Corral two, and Will Rogers and the way he's played for this Bulldog offense has to be your number three guy. You know, 75% completions this season, you know, and, and, and if you really go and watch the film, and, and yes, maybe early on the season it was a little bit more dink and dunk-ish, but the past two weeks, man, he has been letting it rip yeah, down the field. Seam routes. And and, and and I think a lot has to do to the, give, the, to give the receivers credit because you see those guys – are finally on the same page. They're making the adjustments. He's trusting them to say, okay, it's cover two. You got to route over the middle, but it's you one-on-one with a linebacker. I want you to take that linebacker, you know, hint them inside and then take it right up the middle of the field. We've seen that a couple times. They're on the same page. This offense is, is, is really blossoming right now with Mike Leach in its second year. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch, but Will Rogers is dealing he, like I said, third third best quarterback in, in, in the SEC right now. And, and maybe number two because Matt Corral really has not been anything too special these past few weeks. I know he's dealing with some injuries, but the consistency from Rodgers is, is excellent. Yeah, uh, we're going to get to that Ole Miss game in just a second. They're sitting at second in the SEC West right now with a conference win-loss of 4-2. and two. Alabama still 5-1, looking like they'll probably be meeting Georgia in the SEC Championship. But Mississippi State, 43-34 to 34 over Auburn. They're now 6-4 and four on the season, but they have been playing pretty, pretty well as of late. Ole Miss beats Texas A&M at home 29-19. The play calling for Ole Miss's offense was shocking to me, Aaron. I don't know if you've broken this down yes. on the coaches' all-22 copy right now. Yeah. I, this, yeah. With these fourth down. Just, at some point, you have to say, okay, I know my big old book of stats is telling me to go for it, but you're playing A&M, a very good defense. Yeah, take the take points. That to they, they can't score points. So we just got to keep putting on three points, three points at a time, get a touchdown when you can, because they're not going to be able to put on a lot against our defense, which is a whole nother story. The fact that A&M's offense 
Can only scored 19 points against Ole Miss. I know. Bad they are on that side of the football sure. right now. But Blaine, enough, man. Yeah. It just, it you got to take bit, points. It bit him in the ass versus Alabama. And it almost bit him in the ass this week for a and I understand there's a statistical book on when to go for it on fourth down and when not to, but it would seem like uh, if you're in a relatively close game and you have fourth and three on the eight-yard line, that you would just take the points. I, I don't really understand. I would love to see the statistical breakdown of how the stats could skew so heavily into Lane Kiffin just going for it blindly on fourth down whenever he has the chance, they need to take the points in those situations. Yes. It could have really cost them that game this past weekend when Texas A&M was trying to find life late in the third quarter, early in the fourth well, I quarter. I thought A&M was about to come back. I, mean, I thought so, too. To throw two picks. That was the first pick, I agree. It was kind of a, you know, both guys were struggling. It looked like Ole Miss's defender got possession first, and then A&M, and everyone was like, oh, Ty goes to the runner, Ty goes offense. I think the refs got it right on the field. But at that point in the game, it looked like AM finally started to get some life on offense. Yeah. Ole Miss was a little bit stagnant on their side of the football. And you're like, holy crap, AM is going to cost me a game this week on our spreads. <laughs> yeah, Ole Miss is because they just won't kick damn field goals. You know, and like I said, luckily enough, they're able to get two picks, one pick six, and then run away with it 29 19. But, you know, you also, as a head coach, I believe you, you take into account the book, the stat book of, yeah. of when to go for it, when not. But you also have to take into account the feel of the game and the fact that your guys are a little bit banged up right now. You're not full strength on offense, and, and you're playing an A&M team right now that's just not scoring points. So any little bit on your side of the football goes a long way, especially with how well their defense is playing. Yeah, take the points. And then uh, the play calling for Ole Miss. I, uh, they weren't throwing a pass further than five yards in the second half of the game. I was like, let no. it loose. What is going on? I know Texas A&M has a pretty good defense. They weren't even trying to throw the ball down the field. It was kind of shocking to me, not what you're used to seeing from Lane Kiffin and crew, especially Matt Corral, who started the season off with such a bang. Well, and a lot of Heisman hopes A lot well. of sacks, fumbles. There was just a lot of in the back. I think they just wanted to get the ball out of his hands. You know, he fumbled the ball twice, lost it once. Um, they just were not, you know, obviously he's a little bit limited Still with some injuries, they're a little bit limited on the outside with some of their guys that are still coming back to full strength when it comes to receivers for them. So I think it's kind of a, you know, get the ball out, protect the football. And I think he was playing a little bit of, you know, our defense is playing well. Let's just try not to screw this game up and, and, and have a costly turnover. Yeah, they almost did screw it up. But luckily for Ole Miss and their fans, they get out of there with a big victory, 29-19 over Texas A&M couple of other bigger games, especially that we had on pump, pass, and pick. Oklahoma goes down. Baylor beats Oklahoma 27-14. to 14. Really never much of a game at all. Baylor dominated from start to finish. A huge win for Dave Aranda. It seems like Oklahoma will not have a chance to get into the college football playoff. Even if they do win the Big 12, they were at number 8 in the college football playoff rankings. Undefeated before their loss this weekend. Tough sledding. For the Sooners heading up, I would watch Dave Aranda. I think that will be a hot, hot name when mm-hmm. it comes to the coaching carousel this offseason. And then Ohio State. I mean, sharpest play of the weekend. On Thursday, I told you, the books are begging you to take Purdue plus 20 and a half. I said, no way. Absolutely not. And I got God. down on it. I took Ohio State first half minus 11, and they were up like 35 to 7. Ice cream. Total ice cream. Knew it. You just knew it. You're walking into this game going, the entire world is on Purdue plus 20 and a half. Ohio State needed this victory. I thought Purdue was just running out of gas. 
I know I'm boosting myself up big time right now, but I saw it from it a mile away. It was a good pick. You know, Purdue has been the the buster. They've been playing pretty well on offense. I mean, their defense was just embarrassing. I mean, they Ohio State, I know they're really good at receiving, but those three receivers had themselves a ball game. I mean, all of them over 100 yards, close to double-digit receptions. Uh, just made it way, 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 way too easy. Purdue's defense. I mean, they look like a damn high school defense. Yeah. Um, out there, and their offense played well. Just couldn't, obviously, could not keep up with the production for Ohio State. I want to go back real quick to just you know Oklahoma. Yeah. And and golly, what a dumpster fire game that was for the Sooners. I mean, Caleb Williams was atrocious. You know, couldn't even complete a five-yard hitch. Everything was just off, low, high. Just was in absolutely no rhythm. They put Rattler in there. He obviously is not the solution. Just bad football. And Baylor, man, they're a good football team. You know, I don't. I think you know the game a week ago. I believe versus TCU was just one of those games that got away from him. But I really like their quarterback. You know, showed his ability to run the football. Love their defense. It's a good football team. You know, it's 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 not a terrible loss for Oklahoma. But obviously, the way they played this year, obviously the way the committee has viewed them by putting them at eight, even though they're undefeated. They had to go. They had to go undefeated. Yeah, I think any blemish right now, even if they, I still don't think if they win the Big Twelve, I still don't think they get in. I no, really don't. I, they I, need a lot of help. I would agree and with you. I don't even know. They may lose another game. I know. I know. I'm looking at uh, next week's Iowa schedule. State. They may lose to Oklahoma. State. I think they're going to lose that. Yeah. I yeah that Oklahoma State game last uh, last week of the season, but also Iowa State. I mean, yep. they're playing Iowa State in Norman next week, and I'm looking at next weekend's schedule. You got number seven, Michigan State, heading to Columbus, take on number four, Ohio State. That will be the biggest game of the weekend in the ACC. Number 12, Wake Forest heads to Clemson. Could Clemson play spoiler to Wake Forest? I think possibly. Arkansas heading to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. Auburn heading to Columbia to take on South Carolina. Not the Drew, best Drew, one more games. game real quick that, that was just like, you got to be crapping me. Texas. Oh, what Remember oh. Texas? What was it? Four weeks ago, five weeks ago. This, you know, it was um, October 9th. They are kicking Oklahoma's ass. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, running right through Oklahoma. And you're like, oh, my God, Texas is going to win this football game. They may win by like 20 points. You're exactly right. Oklahoma that was comes the, back. Yep. They win. They cover the spread. Thank you very much. Yep. And then it has just been a. What wheels off moment? Oklahoma State they beat them the next week. Baylor beats them the week after that. Iowa State routes them thirty to seven, and then the cherry on top of just being just a complete embarrassment right now. Kansas, Kansas beat you fifty seven to fifty six in, in in overtime. The, uh, what the, the hell, Sark man? You had that team. I know. That's why I think really he's leaving. Place about a month and a half ago. I think Sark might go to USC. What the heck? I think Sark might go to USC. I've been saying that since the beginning. I think Sark might go to USC. I think the fullback that caught the game-winning two-point conversion had never played in a game before. Never. First time. First time. <laughs> that is so awesome. Good because for him. Because they have so many injuries for the Jayhawks that, that they were just you know, so having open tryouts pretty much. Very Mike Leach style awesome. to get bodies on the field. One more thing in the Big 12. Texas Tech's kicker, walk-off 62-yard game winner. That shit was sick. I watched that. I go, he blasted that kick. That was amazing. So good action in college football this weekend. Week 12 coming up this upcoming weekend, heading into Thanksgiving week. Eh, it's okay, but you know what? We'll be back with you on Thursday for another awesome episode of Punt and Pass to preview everything that you need to be ready 
for another awesome weekend of college football action. Before you get ready for college football action, head on over to SolomonBrothers.com. Check out Solomon Brothers at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. It's Solomon Brothers Jewelers, family owned and operated since 1982. That's over 35 years. They have two locations, one in Alpharetta, one in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place, Solomon Brothers is awesome. Aaron and I have been there. The in-store experience is unmatched. It's for anyone with any budget, big or small, and you can make that budget go further when you mention punt and pass to get 10% off your jewelry purchase. The biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and again, that in-store experience, you won't find anything better. It's the best. It is the best. At Solomon Brothers on Instagram, SolomonBrothers.com. Aaron, anything on the way out, my man? What one last quick thought from you, and Please. then you can go night night because I need some night night too. I'm I know, awesome. Dude. Long week, two day that two day wedding. Holy smokes! Yeah, they, Bollywood they Murray after it. Bollywood it Murray, flew, <laughs> I love smokes, it. Flew right to my game and just woo. Need some sleep tonight. I but going back to the Big Twelve, just real real quick. What are your thoughts on Baylor calling a timeout and sneaking in that last second field goal? Well, uh, Aran- what did Aranda say? Aranda said well, it has to do with the, the, the tiebreaker. Tie yeah, the tiebreaker. So I like that. You know, yeah, at I'm least he had- Lincoln Riley was pissed. Oh, damn, tough, tough shit. Don't win the lose. game. Yeah, yeah. Win, win the game. I mean, <laughs> win the game. But you know, I was glad that Aranda had that answer. Him yeah. having that answer ready to go was big time because it shows that he made that as a calculated decision. And knew for a fact that what are the standings right now for the Big Twelve. I can pull it up right now. It is uh, conference. It's Oklahoma State with one loss. Yep. Baylor has two losses. So obviously they have the head-to-head with Oklahoma, but they still need those two teams to lose a game. So Oklahoma, if they were to lose to Iowa well, State just, this me, weekend, they just need one of those teams to lose yeah. one more game, which which is going to happen obviously because they play each other at the end of the season well that's not but true what? because if oklahoma finishes the conference six and one oh it's i'm sorry ba- yes it's they would yes, teams, top yes two i teams. screwed yes. that up too but yes. yes the top two teams will play each other yeah but they're looking pretty good the right thing now. is both oklahoma and oklahoma state do have or excuse me oklahoma state has the head-to-head versus baylor so yep. they need they need oklahoma to win correct yeah yeah that'll be an interesting one to keep tabs on for sure. Excuse me, they need Oklahoma State to win. Sorry. That'll be a good game. Bedlam heading up in two weeks. That last weekend of regular season action is going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's my favorite week of the year. Thanksgiving is my favorite week of the year. There's no doubt about it. I'm looking forward to it. Follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Murray 11 Check out puntandpass.com, and we will talk to you on Thursday. See you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. 
Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car-buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.